This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Okay. So, I want to talk a little bit about Hanukkah first. And it's very connected to the Pasha. Very, very connected to the Pasha. So here's the question. A few questions. And we're going to answer it like we always do with one answer. What is the holiday of Hanukkah. The name of Hanukkah is Hanukkah, which stands for no? Hanukkah. They rested on the 25th day. What did they rest from? Battle. The battle, the war. A little bunch, a group of Jews, five Maccabees, and their father, Matis Yahu, went up against the Greek Empire. Okay? The Greek Empire, Navy, Army, Air Force, the biggest empire in the world. They, they beat everybody. They killed everybody. They were six Jews? Six Jews against the whole army? But, took them a bunch of years, and slowly but surely they pulled apart the whole Greek army. And it was a nice nifla and a, man, and a crazy miracle. And uh, we wiped them out. So on the 25th day of Kislev, the war ended. Chanukah, Chanukah Fe. Is there one word in the word Chanukah that anything to do with candles? No. So if the holiday is called Chanukah and it's named after the war... How can we have no memory of the war? You don't put a Maccabee in your front lawn. It's not Christmas. You don't have a Santa Claus. Right? So we, what, we, what we should do, we should have a Maccabee with a sword and a shield and a bunch of Greeks on the floor dead, you know, like blow-up dolls. All that happened, like as a whole, like not like it's, it's, like, it's a miracle. But, like, no, but the day, the day, the word Hanukkah stands for Hanukkah. We rested on the twenty fifth. Has nothing to do with any candles. I'm going to tell you something crazy. When you pray on Hanukkah, Shemana Esrei, you say Alenisim, right? Okay. Um, there's two times a year we say Alenisim, Purim and Hanukkah. If you look into Alhanisim that we say by by Shemona Esrei and by Benching, it says the following. Bimei Matis in the days of Matis Ben Yechanan, Kohen Gadol Matis was the son of Yechanan the Kohen Gadol. Chashmanoi, they were Chashmanoim, one of his children. Kisha'om the Machas Yav on Harash al when the Greek Empire went against the Jews, they made three laws, actually four, but three that were famous. One, you can't have a bris milah. No Jews will have a bris milah, they kill you. Two, you can't keep Shabbos, or they kill you. Three, you can't keep Rosh Chodesh. Why Rosh Chodesh? Because if you don't have Rosh Chodesh, you have no holidays. So they broke the holidays, they broke Shabbos, they broke bris milah. They broke all three. You want to hear something cute? Anybody here want to hear something cute? Okay. So, every Hanukkah, because of that, every Hanukkah you have a Rosh Chodesh, because right in the middle of Hanukkah is Rosh Chodesh Teves, right? Always. You have a Shabbos, it's eight days, so you have to have a Shabbos, eight days, and the Shabbos is only seven days. And usually you have, a, the Jews have... Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. And the eight days represent Mila. 
Because when a baby's eight days old, they have bris milah. So it's just a cool thing. Just an interesting thing. You want to hear something even more interesting? Even cuter? Okay. I don't know about culture. Let's see if anyone can come up with this answer, because in 43 years, no one had this answer. So maybe you can do it again. Okay? Here's the question. We know, we know that when they, when the, why do we play dreidel? Anyone here know why we play dreidel? When the Greeks came and they were learning, and they would have been killed as they quote learning, they would say, chicky, 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 the Greeks. All right, everyone put your gemara away, put it away. And they're playing dreidel, they're gambling. They didn't just spin a dreidel, there was money on the table, they were gambling. One way they're playing chess, scrabble, I don't know, a different game. Because the Greeks believed in the theory of randomness. So gambling, you win just randomly. It's not because of your brains, right? It landed on a gamble. It landed on, right? So, so the, the game that they were playing was perfectly, the Greeks were very happy. Look, they're, they're playing a game that took no brains and nothing. They believed the luck of the God, you know, the, just the luck, just randomness. So that was the perfect game. Gambling is the perfect game for them because it's random. You win, you lose. Here's the question. You ready? No one ever answered this question in my class. What did it say on the dreidel? What letters? No, there was no, there was no miracle. There was no miracle yet. Oh, it stands for Neska Del Hayasham, right? But there was no miracle yet. There was still that, the miracle didn't happen yet. Was there nothing on the dreidel? So if there's nothing, how do you win? Oh. So it's blank. Was there something on? It wasn't an actual game, you just did it. Instead. No, no, I'm playing. The, guy, the, the guy's like, okay, how do you win? Uh, it's blank. The Greeks how many times did it happen? What? The Greeks weren't looking into that. Sure they did. No. I'm sure they sat down and played with them. Maybe they played I'm serious. Oh, you're gambling? Let me play. I'll put $100 on that. I'll put $100 on that. What? So what was going on over here? How could they play Dreda when nothing happened yet? The answer. A beautiful yeah, answer. Actual idea. Yeah, go ahead. Let me hear. <laughs> it's so far fetched, though. Do you know what Beyblades are? What? Beyblades. Beyblades. It's like an old boy's toy. Like I have a lot of brothers, so right. I to play that. Okay. So it's basically you have like you spin something with another person, and who's ever stopped first, like you're fighting each other in a way, I guess, <laughs> with your whatever. Whichever one stops first, the other one wins. Oh. You know what I'm Right, so you, you, you spin two dreidels, my dreidel, your dreidel, and if I win, if my dreidel stops first, I win. You win. No, yeah, I win. No, that's not what's going on. You're saying what did it say on the dreidels, or mm-hmm. how did they... What did it say on the dreidels? How do you know who wins? Or did it say anything on the dreidels? But if it didn't say anything on the dreidels, then how do you know who won? So here's the answer. When Yaakov... It's, it's an unbelievable answer, and it's brought down by the B'nai Yisusko, whoever is listening. When ya- when Yaakov sent, um, so, so the Jews had to go to Mitzrayim. We didn't have a choice, right? The Yaakov and the and the brother and the whole family. But he was very worried that they're going to assimilate, right? You're going to go to Mitzrayim. You're going to become like the guy. You're going to marry them. So he said, "I'm not letting my kids go to Mitzrayim until we have our own little city, like Borough Park, Flatbush, Williamsburg, right? We're going to Muncie, Yushalayim. We're going to have our own little city. We're not we're not going to live with the rest of them. We're going to have our own little city. Um, you're going to build a yeshiva there and a kollel, right?" And that way, that way, I know we're that way I know we're protected. So he sent Yehuda to 
find this find this city. Going to open a kailel. No Arabs, no Egyptians allowed to live there. It's just going to be Jews. The name of the city, if you look in the Chumash, was called Goshna. Gimel Shin Nunhe. Okay? That was the name of the city because Yaakov did not want the Jews to assimilate. So it was called Goshna. When they came up, when the rabbis came up with the idea of the dreidel, this is beautiful. This is so beautiful. Right? When they came up with the idea of the dreidel, they were very scared about something. It's very nice that we're going to play dreidel to fool the Greeks, but the kids are going to enjoy the gambling. And they're going to become gamblers. Right? They're going to assimilate. Hey, this is fun. $100 I just made. Like that. Wow. So they said, let's put the letters of what Yaakov did so that we shouldn't assimilate. Let's put those letters on the dreidel. There was no miracle yet. So they put Goshna, Gimel, Shin, Nun, Hey. And because they did that not to assimilate, Hashem said, spin the dreidel, and after the miracle, I'm going to leave the same letters on there. Neis Gadal Hayasham is the same letters as Goshna. Didn't change. But then the pay that people bring. That's a separate, that's a whole, that's Yushalayim, that's a whole separate, that's not our dreidel. That's something else, right, that's something else. It was the name of the city, Goshna. No. In fact, when you go to the when you go to my Bethel, my, my ranch in Bethel, and you go up the mountains on seventeen, there's a city called Goshen. G O S H E N. Yeah, I think it's uh, exit one twenty two or something like that. One twenty one. No. No. So Hashem spun the Goshna and made it into Neskadala Yasham. It's beautiful, very very beautiful dvatar. What? It drays. Dray in Yiddish means spins. It's a Yiddish word. Dreidel is a Yiddish word. I don't know what they call it in Ivrit. Maybe they don't call it dreidel. I don't know what they call it. What do they call it in mind? And by the way, we're having a special sale. Um, anyone who's interested, we're selling magic latkes. What? Magic latkes. You know what makes them magic? No. You eat them one day, and they burn for eight. Yeah. Okay, it's just a joke. It's a rabbi joke. Anyway. Right. Very funny. Okay. And anyone who's listening, I just want to invite everyone, whoever's interested. It's amazing. It's fantastic. It's exciting. We haven't had it in two years. Um, we have 14 speakers. 14 speakers. We're having our, our Nava, our Terrace Nava, Benos Bina, BCA, Ranch, all the girls in the world, Shabbaton. On December 25th, the other holiday. On December 25th, in the Raleigh, uh, we have a crazy DJ coming. We got speakers, we got food, we got action, we got 14 speakers, we got Jackie Vuitton, we got, we got women speakers, men speakers, Ben Shushan, we got, we got, it's gonna be amazing, it's gonna be advertised starting next week in Mitzvah and everybody's invited. If you would like to be, you'd like to come. Do me a favor. Do not wait till the end. Last time, two years ago, we turned away two hundred girls. I, I didn't have a bed, and, and they're like, Rabbi, I'll sleep on the floor. I'll, I'll bring my sleeping bag. I'm like, I don't have room in the dining room. I don't have room in a room. I can't put six girls in a room. And they were so upset, and they didn't come. And and I don't want to do that again. So you got to call. You got you got to do this right away. Most girls wait till the last week. It ain't gonna happen. 
But last week, there's not going to be a bed there. Um, last time we had 700, girl, 700 people there. It was an amazing Shabbaton. Or now the Shabbatons are famous. We're up all night. We got after rabbi till 6 in the morning. We got, we got a lot of people to speak to and a, a lot of action. And Matzi Shabbos, big party. Lighting, DJ, whore. Gansomices. What? Commercial break. Yeah, commercial break. So whoever is interested. Now, how do you, how do you, how do you make a reservation? How do you make a reservation? You go to ornava.com, O-H-R-N-A-A-V-A.com, or you go to 1718-O-H-R-N-A-A-V, Ornava. We got that phone number, 1718-O-H-R-N-A-A-V. If you happen to be in the seminary, you don't need to go anywhere. Just, just tell Daphne. Or if you're in the, in the high school or the ranch, just tell the people that run the high school and the ranch, whatever. Okay, but everyone's invited. Please do not wait. I want you all to be there. Um, but, you know what I mean? We can't, <coughs> we've got some Montreal, and we have got some Toronto, and Detroit, and Chicago, and so we only have a certain amount of room. That's it. Unbelievable food. I did the menu with my wife. You got food coming just the whole time. Onyx Shabbos. I can't. Mm-hmm. That, why? What's going on? My sister's wedding. Is, when? Okay, so come and then go to the wedding. What? There's never a last Shabbos. The last song. Okay, I can't. I'm, I'm not interfering with your sister. Bring her. Tell her to come for Shabbos. Bring your sister. We'll do a we'll do a Shabbos kala. Why not? Sure. Food's there. She's got music. What's the Shabbos? Put on a wedding dress. You know. We'll try it. Try it out. All right. Anyway, everybody's invited. Listen. So in the in the Alanisim, in the Alanisim, very fascinating thing. It says the following: In the days of Matzioh, when the Greeks attacked us, this is very interesting to make us forget. They wanted to make us forget our Torah, and they wanted us to to stay away from our mitzvahs. Now, what does that mean? If they want, if they wanted us to forget our Torah, that means they let us learn the Torah. I want you to forget it, but that, how do I forget it if I didn't learn it? So why did they let us learn Torah? Because the Greeks believed in education. So Torah was just a subject. It wasn't a religion, it was a subject. Greek mythology, they had a lot of subjects, so they didn't mind that. As long as you learned it as a subject, and it's something that I talk about all the time, that today, the problem with the chinuch, not... Well, I don't want to get into trouble, but the problem with a lot of the chinuch that we have is that Chumash and Mishle and Rashi and Gemara and Mishnah and Navi became a subject. It's not part of the religion. You get a test, valedictorian, you get a report card. The Greeks didn't mind that. That's Greek civilization. They didn't mind that. Subject? That doesn't connect you to Hashem. I've had kids that know Chumash inside out, not connected to Hashem at all. It's a subject. Oh, I know my Chumash. Oh, I know my Mishle. I got a hundred on my test. I was valedictorian. You talk to Hashem before you go to sleep at night. Hashem? Who's that? Oh, that's, do you mean the one in the, in, in the, in the book? That one? I'm like, hello? You have no connection? You don't talk to him? No, I, I passed my test. I did well. So here, in Alanisim, it's, it's like, they didn't care that you learned. But they didn't want it to become part of the religion. 
So, and you Hashem with your great kindness, you stood up for them in a time of distress. You took revenge for them. You judged for them. No, I'm sorry. The is, is you took revenge. You took up their grievance. You gave the Greek army these powerful guys. They were Hercules. They were very into bodybuilding. And the Jews were weak. The Rabbi Miatim, the whole Greek Empire, a bunch of little couple little Jews. Utmeim, they were Tame the Goyim, Biatohirim, and the holy Jews. We show him and the bad Goyim, Biat Sadikim, in the hands of the Sadikim. Vizadim Vizadim Vizadim. And the wanton. Hmm, what's that? Wanton's in your soup, no? What's the wanton? Um, let's see how he translates it. How do you explain wanton? Like, the people are doing nothing. Just, just, just chilling, right? In the hand, chilling, just, just random. In the hands of the, of the people learning, Torah. And you made a big name in your in the world. A bunch of Jews beat the Greek Empire. And for the Jewish nation, you did a great savior. And a salvation, even to this day. Okay? Anything about the candles? Not, Not a word. No miracle, no eight days, nothing. So then, after they won the war, they came to the base of Migdash. They cleaned it up. It was, filled, it was all broken because the Greeks defiled it. Then they made it pure. And they lit candles in the courtyard of the Beis HaMikdash. And they uh, established these eight days in order to thank Hashem. Girls, not one word about the miracle of the candles. And they had a chance to say it, because it said, and they came to the courtyard, and they lit the candles, and it was only good enough for one day, and it lasted eight days. No. It's left out on purpose. Not one word in the whole Alanisim, not a word about the miracle of the candles. Just the war. What's up? What's up with that? And and in the celebration of Hanukkah, not one word about the war. Like the candles, all the halachas, put it in the window, right, left. Not one word about the war. No Maccabees. Nothing, no statues outside, nothing, no tanks, no Israeli soldiers. What is going on here? Fancy English word. It's a paradox. You're all looking at me like I'm from Mars. These are crazy. This is a crazy question. Answer is beautiful. The halacha is, the law is, in Jewish law, that Tumah Chutra B'Tzibur. 
which means that if everyone is Tameh, then you're allowed to use things that are Tameh. If most of the Jews are Tameh, you're allowed to use so, so when they came to the base on Migdash, and all the cans were broken, and the, you, know, you had to have the seal of the Kayan on it, and all the cans were broken, they didn't need to look for a can of pure oil. Because they were all Tameh. Because they didn't have a base of Midrash, they didn't have a Paraduma, they didn't have a way to become Tahar. So all the Jews were Tameh. It was hundreds of years since the base of Midrash was destroyed. So they were all Tameh. So the halacha is, if all the Jews are Tameh, they could use Tameh oil. Wait, they went back like years after it was destroyed? Sure. This is, this like is, that year, like, no, this is hundreds of years later. No. No. Greek Empire. No. So, 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 so why did they go looking for a little a can of oil? Why didn't they just use... They had big cans of oil that were open, that were Tomei. Why didn't they use that? I remember the first time I heard this answer, I was like, what? No, they were all Tomei. So yeah, they could have used it. So what are you searching? And, 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 and it says here, that they came, and first they cleaned up. They didn't light the menorah right away. They cleaned it up, they made the place nice, right? So, but they, they didn't need to, they didn't need to have a miracle. They didn't need to, to, to have a little can of oil. They didn't need to even look for a little can of oil. What's going on here? The Jews decided, that God did such a miracle in the war for them. And, and this you girls have to go inside yourself. This is very important. Every Jew, everyone who's listening has to go inside themselves. And they said, I have an excuse to give Hashem Tamei oil. But is that what I want to give him? I want to give him something pure. Even if it's a teeny drop. Just a little drop. It's not the big one, it's just a little drop, but I want to give him something pure. So let's go look for something pure. Yes, I could give him the big can, 100% of oil, but that's not what I want to give God. I love God. I don't want to give you Tomei oil, even though I'm allowed to. I'm allowed to. I want to, I want to give you something pure. I, I, I'm looking for a muscle, a parable on... You know, the love between a husband and a wife who have like the most ultimate love. And he's like, I, I, I could give you this, I could give you that, but I want to give you something pure. It's not, it's not good enough. Yes, I have an excuse, this, this, and the other thing. But I want to give you something pure. Hanukkah is a time where you have to go inside yourself and like, yeah, I do this, I do this, I do that, I do this. But a lot of stuff we do for Hashem, it's not pure. Would you say it's better to like focus on a smaller thing and make that more pure? Like yes. That's what they decided. Yes. And if you do that, if you do that, then God takes that small thing and he makes it last for just as much as the one that you wanted to use that was not pure. So, Hashem fell in love with us. He's like, these guys, they're not satisfied with just giving me something and being yaitzah because you're allowed to. They're searching to give me something very, very pure. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take that little thing they're giving me and I'm going to make it huge. So it's only supposed to last one day. I'm going to last eight days. The Jews thought it's going to last one day. That's it. They're going to be in the dark. They said, rather be in the dark for seven days 
and have light for one day that's pure than be in the light for eight days that's impure. Beautiful, deep, deep meaning. Now, so why don't we mention it in Alanisim? Because that's what we did for Hashem. We don't want to talk about what we did for you. If I do something for my wife, I don't want to say like, you know what I did for you? I gave you a pure diamond. I gave you something pure. We don't want, we don't want to talk about what we did for Hashem. But Hashem says, one second, I don't want you to talk about what I did for you. So don't put no Maccabee out there. What, Hashem, what did we do for Hashem? We gave him the pure oil. What did he do for us? He, we, we, brought, we killed the Greek, the whole Greek uh, empire. So if you're going to put a, you're going to put a, a, a soldier in front, a Maccabee, what are you, you're showing off what Hashem did for us. Hashem said, no, no, no. My love for you, it's not important. Oh, yeah, I did something for you. Yeah, don't, don't, don't show it. What do I want you to show? I want you to show in the window for the whole world to see in every single Jewish window what you did for me. I want to show off my girl. And we're like, no, I want to show off my guy. So when, when do we talk about Hashem? In Shemun Esrei and in Benching. So when we talk about Hashem, we don't talk about the candles. Even though we go there, we're like, we came, we lit the candles. Shh, we lit the candles. We didn't do anything special. So when we talk about Hashem, we don't say we don't say what we did because we don't show off what we did for Hashem. When Hashem talks about us, He wants the whole world to see what we did for Him. Well, what did we do for Him? We did the candles. Now this purity that I'm talking about, very connected to this week's parsha. This is so. This is like so so amazingly beautiful. Very connected to this week's parsha. What what happened? First of all, you know anything about this can of oil that they found? Where did it come from? Why wasn't it? Why wasn't it? Why wasn't it broken? The, the seal was it? Were they just lucky? Like they went through every can of oil. How did they miss this? The Greeks. They missed this can of oil. So what are the reasons? What, huh? So we have to talk about right how that happened. But like one of the big questions is like the miracle. We celebrate eight days, right? But the miracle was only seven days because it had enough oil for the first day. So it's only seven days. The first day wasn't a miracle. Right. So one of the miracles was a much much more beautiful answer than that. Sorry. No, that's an answer. That they found it is an answer. That they, they also didn't know that it wouldn't last. So they only put an eighth of oil and, and it lasted a whole day. But the real beautiful answer is, again, against the Greeks, is that oil burns. Teva, which is nature, is a miracle. Water doesn't burn, orange juice doesn't burn, prune juice doesn't burn, grape juice doesn't burn. So that, that oil burns, oh yeah, that's nature. No, it's not nature. You have to celebrate one day, it's a miracle. That oil burns is a miracle. Because there is no such thing as nature. That was the Greeks. What you think is nature, it's all Hashem. Different answer. Anyway, this week's Parsha. There's a sitch, big sitch. Big situation. Yaakov Avinu goes back in the middle of the night for what? Anyone know? He left string beans? He left a salad? He left a little can of oil. Went back for a can of oil? Is that the can? Check this out. Check this out. So this is what it says. Uh, 
This is what it says. Welcome to the night. He separated the two camps. Says Rashi, what was he doing? What was he doing? He forgot a little jar. He went to get it. From here we learn that tzaddikim, when it comes to money, things that are worth something, they don't, they don't just, like, you know, oh, big deal, it's a little can. Now what was this little can that he went back for that was so important? So if you go back, this is a little Kabbalistic stuff, but if you go back to last week's parasha, he wakes up on Haramaria, right? He wakes up in Har Maria, and he takes a stone. He takes a stone when he wakes up, and he makes a monument by Yitzchak Sheman Al Raisha, and he pours oil on the stone. Where'd you get the oil from? Where did Yaakov Avinu get the oil from? Now we know, we know that Eliphaz, Esav's son, right, was sent to kill Yaakov. He came to Yaakov, and. Yaakov was his Rebbe, actually. And he said to Yaakov, I listen, I have Kivit of Aim, which is not Kivit of Aim, because if your father tells you to do an Aveir or kill someone, you don't have to listen. But that's what Alifa says, I have Kivit of Aim, I gotta kill you. I gotta kill you, but I don't wanna kill you. What should I do? So Yaakov said, We learned that a person who has not one penny, not a dollar, is considered like he's dead. Doesn't even have a penny. He says, So take everything that I have. He took all his clothing. He took his shoes, his clothing, his handkerchief, he took everything. He left them naked in a pool. He says, okay, now I killed you. I took everything. You have nothing. That's why when he came to Lavan, Lavan kissed him and all that. He was looking for gold in his mouth and all that. There was nothing because Elifaz took everything. And the Medjur says that he was in this water to his neck. Totally, he didn't have any clothing on. And this Arab, she, came to bathe in that pool. And he went in and he drowned. So the Arab had taken the clo- his clothing off and the, when he went into the water and put it on the side. Now, this guy died. Yaakov didn't kill him. He died. So Yaakov now had the Arab's clothing. Okay? But he definitely didn't have a, a jar of oil. He had nothing. So he wakes up in the morning, and it says he has a, a jar of oil, and he anoints the, a stone. How do you anoint a stone? There was, no, there was no oil. So it says that he found, when he woke up in the morning, um, he found this jar of oil. Now, that jar of oil was Hashem put there. It was a very, very holy jar of oil. You know why? Because it was a magic jar. What was magic about it? No matter how much you poured it out, it refilled. Cool jar of oil. Okay? That jar of oil was used to anoint the Mishkan, Beisam Mikdash, second Beisam Mikdash, David HaMelech, all the kings. It was, a, it was unused and, and always refilled itself. Yaakov Avinu had that jar of oil. Because... He was the one who woke up and found it. But he left it at night. He left it. He said, oh my gosh, that jar of oil I left? I got to go back and get it. Okay? That jar of oil is the jar of oil that was hidden in the base of Migdash that nobody could find. That was the same jar of oil. And that oil, and therefore, there is one rabbi that says... That the miracle every single day, why it's eight days, not seven days, is that every time he poured all the oil out of the jar, it refilled. And that's why it's eight days, because that happened even on the first day. One round mark. How did the oil get to the base It kept refilling. No, but didn't it... Oh, it, it was passed down from coin to coin to coin. Oh, okay. Every coin gadol was anointed by that oil. 
So it was hidden in the base of Migdash. Now, this week's parsha, he goes back to get the oil, and there's a mean, bad angel waiting for him. Okay? By Yavasi Yaakov Levado, he went by himself. By Yavik Ish Imo. And a man, it wasn't a man, we'll see what Rashi says, fought with him. Until the morning star came up. Who's the Ish? The Ish was the Satan. Okay? We have two times in the Torah that it says the word Ish and it means an angel. One when Yosef met the Ish, and that was Gabriel or Michal. And over here we met the Ish. This was a bad Ish. Um, and th- this was the Sata. Okay? So now, it means they were fighting, but it's the wrong word. The word for fighting would be Vayilachem Ish Imo, Muhammad. Avek comes from the word Avak. Anyone know what that means? It means dust. So, what the actual translation of this word is, and a man kicked up a bunch of dust with him. That's how you report. Imagine I told you, girls, I just saw outside. Now, really, what I saw was like two guys beating up each other. I saw a fight. But instead of telling you that, I'm like, girls, you know what I just saw outside? You're like, what, Rabbi? Two guys kicked up a lot of dust. You'd be like, huh? What are you talking about? What does that mean? Right? So, the terror doesn't say they were fighting. The terror says that they kicked up a lot of dust. What does that mean? And the Satan saw he could not win this fight. He dislocated, um, he touched the thigh of Yaakov, the groin, and he dislocated his groin. While he was wrestling again, comes the word Avak, while he was causing all this dust. And the Malach said to Yaakov, stop holding me down, let me go. I'm not letting you go till you bench me. And the angel asked him, what's your name? And he said, my name is Yaakov. We're not calling you Yaakov anymore, we're going to call you Yisrael. Yaakov said, one second. You asked me a question, now I'm asking you a question. He got, he, 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 what's your name? But Yaakov knew his name. Yaakov knew it was the Satan. What did he ask him his name for? He wanted to know the Satan's source of his power. Because a person's name is who you are. And, uh, and he wasn't Jewish. Jews always answer questions with questions. But this Malach was a Satan, and he answered with a question. Why are you asking me my name? He didn't tell him his name. He didn't tell him his name. And he gave Yaakov a bracha. What do you mean? Yaakov asked you your name. Tell you your name. He told you his name. Why didn't the Satan tell him his name? He did tell him his name. Yeah. Let's look at the Pasuk again. Yaakov asked him, tell me your name. The Satan says, you want to know what my name is? I'll tell you my name. Why ask questions? Nike, just do it. You want to know my name? 
Don't ask any questions. Party. The name of the Satan is, don't think about it. If you don't think about it, you're going to be bad to the bone. He answered him. You want to know my name? Don't ask questions. That's my name. Another answer is, the Satan was saying, I don't have one name. In 2020, I'm the internet. 50 years ago, I'm intermarriage. For that, I was idols. I, I change. I'm a changeling. I don't have a name. I change all the time. That's the Yetzirah's Klaya. When I was growing up, it was television. Then it was rock and roll. It keeps changing. So, that's what he, that's what he was telling me. Anyway, what's going on here? This is an unbelievable shot. What is going on here with the question of this dust? What's, it, what's, what's with the dust? It's a fight. There's no dust, right? Why'd he hit him in the groin? Why'd he hit him in the head? Kill him. Kill Yaakov. Why'd he hit him in the groin? Hit him in the head. Okay? I want all, each one of you to take out a piece of paper, put your name on it. Give everyone a piece of paper, put your name on it. What? No, I need a piece of paper just with your name. I want you to write two things on that paper for me. Give the other girls that don't have. Whoever's watching, commercial, December 25th, Shabbaton. Don't forget. Don't forget. Oh, where is it? Where's the Shabbaton? Not in Utah. It's in the Raleigh, in the mountains. The rally, the rally. It's in the rally. We had it two years ago in the rally. Good food. Good place. I just have to hope there's no snowstorm. I'll pray for that. You want to have a pen? Everyone put your name on it. It's not a test. Don't worry. It's not a test. Just put your name on it. Where do you usually put your name on it? In the back? You haven't been in school that long. You don't know where to put your name on it? And don't put another girl's name on it. Put your name on it. <laughs> Everyone who's watching, patience, patience. All right. And you can do this at home. Write two things that God created in this world that are beautiful. And don't write my name, please. (laughs) Not a trick question. What you think? Some people write roses. Every person has different... When you're finished, please pass it forward. Oh, are you reading this out loud? I'm not reading your name, don't worry. Otherwise, all the boys are going to call me, Shiduchim, Tor anytime. <laughs> For sure. We heard this name, who is she? I don't know how Spelling does not count. Yeah. Come on, you should be able to write ten things. I just want two things. I know, I'm trying to write Someone collect, someone collect it. Last year, the number one answer... Well, I'm not going to tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, uh, mm-hmm. Is it okay if they both fall into the same category? Yeah, I don't care. It's not a test. 
I'm gonna read it. Alright, everybody handed it in at home. Did you write down your two things at home? Please write down two things at home. Write down two things at home, everybody. Write down two things at home. Give me another minute. This is very important. Write down two things that are in your head, two things that Hashem created that are very beautiful. Usually my number one answer is a butterfly, sunset, sunrise, a rose. The human being. Okay. Nature. Life. So beautiful to me. People. Clouds. Clouds are beautiful. Sunsets. The beach. Night talking. Sunset. Trees. Different seasons. Life. Life is beautiful. See, I don't have depressed girls in my school. They're happy. Water, beaches, sunrise, sunset. Yeah, those are nature, love, and family. Why did I do this? Because not one girl, and not one of you at home, not one of you, wrote the Torah. I knew that. No, no, no. I want you to write what you feel. I don't want you to write what you think I want you to answer. Why? Why? Why don't we think the 613 mitzvahs, sneers, and everything else, and Shabbos, and all that, is beautiful? Because that's not the word that's associated with that Torah. Beauty is associated with sunsets and sunrises and roses and butterflies. Now, a long time ago, when we first started, we first started learning our Chumash many months ago, in Pasha's Noach, Noach decided to bless his children. Okay? You know who we come from, by the way? We come from shame. Right? We come from shame. And then there's another, not we come from shame, shame, the name shame. And we come from, and then there's other nations that come from Chum. And then there's other nations that come from Yafes. So now he cursed Chum, and now he's blessing his other two children. Um, blessed be the God of shame, that's the Jewish nation. There should be always beauty for Yefes. Now here comes something we don't understand. And Yefes, who's not Jewish, should live in the tents of shame. What? What nation comes from Yefes? You know who? The Greeks come from Yefes. They went to beauty. Yefes means beauty. Greeks were into Venus and your body and all about they're all about beauty so that there his bracha was about beauty but what he said is I'm giving a bracha to shame which is us that what you do in your tents learning Torah and the mitzvahs yefesh should live there beauty it should be something that's beautiful but nobody wrote that and nobody will and nobody and nobody will write that well, there's so many challenges so much, like, right, okay it's just not something that we look at as beautiful okay, now 
What happened over here? The Satan knew that the Torah and Jews and mitzvahs will always exist. They'll never be destroyed. He knew that. What he wanted to do, girls, was take the beauty, making it to a subject. What did you get? Did you study? Graduated. Making it to a subject. Making it something I got to do to get a shit. Ugh. Not that it's beautiful. Ugh. I hate you. I hate it. I hate being sneers. I hate Shabbos. I hate Shabbos. Every time I'm in camp, I'm like, what's your worst day of camp? Shabbos. I hate Shabbos. I can't remember. It's disgusting, right? So, Sutton wanted to do that. How do you make something shiny and beautiful dull? How do you do that, girls? By making it dusty. If you have silver and it gets dusty, it becomes very dull. It has no shine. It has no beauty. So, Yaakov was alone. And the Satan came and said, I know you're going to keep the mitzvahs, but I'm going to kick up a lot of dust. In fact, the Chazal say that the dust, which I never understood till I learned this, that the dust from this fight went all the way up to God's throne. It wasn't real dust, right? Like, and God's like, very far from here. How did dust get on his throne? No. What the Satan was saying is that if I can make your mitzvahs and Torah into a subject and make it dusty and not beautiful, in the end, God's throne won't be beautiful anymore. God won't be beautiful anymore. You, you don't associate the word beautiful with Hashem. But there's no, more, there's no more greater beauty than God. So his objective was not to take the Torah away from us, but to make it into a subject, to make it dusty, to make it not shiny, to make it not beautiful. But he knew Yaakov he couldn't do that too, because Yaakov's Torah was beautiful. So he didn't, he didn't hit Yaakov in his head, because that would just kill Yaakov, but then we would, his children, we would have beauty. He hit him in the groin. The groin is where children come from. So he dislocated his groin. He dislocated his generations. That his children would never find the Taylor beautiful anymore. That's what he did. And Yaakov Avinu said, you want, you want to go back to Shemayim? You want me to let you go? I'm not dealing with this. You're going to have to give me a blessing that's going to clear that up, that, that my Torah is going to be, is going to be, is going to be dusty and this throne of God is going to be dusty. So what does he say? What's your name? Yaakov, the, the heel? He said, no more. Ki'im Yisrael. Yisrael stands for Yashar Kale. You'll be able to see straight, clean, straight, Yashar, straight to God. No dust. He didn't let him go until he gave him a bracha that, that you will have children that will be able to see straight to God and it won't be dull it'll be beautiful and if you ask girls to write write me two things that are beautiful they would write Torah and Mitzvahs not sunrise and sunset nothing wrong I've never got from anyone Torah and Mitzvahs and everyone who's watching at home I'm sure that's not what you wrote I'm sure that's not what you wrote so the connection between what we just learned and Hanukkah and why Hanukkah was so amazing that God made this crazy miracle is because we said we're not giving you something dusty. We're not giving you something dull. We'd rather give you a pure light 
that's a drop, but it's pure, then give you something, a lot of something that's dull. I'd rather give you Hashem something that's pure and exciting and beautiful, even though it's a teeny little bit of me, than to give you a lot of dull. And that's the connection between this week's parasha and Hanukkah, and they're always right next to each other. That's a very deep lesson I gave you today. And it's very, very important for you to go inside yourself and find something you can give Hashem, even if it's a little bit, some part of you that's mamish pure. Whether it's a, helping someone, whatever it is, but I'm not doing it because anyone knows about it. I'm not doing it because I'm getting paid. I'm not doing it. I'm doing it because I love you, Hashem. I just want to give you something. But I want to give you something that's like, oh, I want to give you something, a part of me, that's just 100% me and 100% pure. And not something that's dusty and that's unclear. And that's why this whole war was not about who's beating each other up, but the Satan wanted to, to, to make us, and I hate to say it, that today, yeah, is Judaism beautiful? Would you say it's beautiful? It is beautiful. To some of us, but to most of us, is it beautiful? I gotta do it, I got no choice. I mean, there you should have, and this and that, and I'm gonna burn in hell if I don't do it. That's not beautiful. That's not, that's not beautiful. That's not, that's not something that's beautiful. You're married because you have to be married. That's not a beautiful marriage. Doesn't make a person, your, 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 your relationship beautiful. Ugh, it's disgusting. That was his kayak. That's what he wanted. Yaakov said, oh, you give me the right name. Yasha, Kel. I see straight to Hashem. No dust, no smog, no fog, no smoke. Okay, now I'll let you go. And he let him go. You should all be Matsuyak and thank you very much. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.